Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. They'll do you 10% off uh, your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 15% off conveyancing instructions as well until the end of September. Details at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello, Michael Normanton's with me. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Oh. If you want to get involved in everything that we do and get all our podcasts ad-free, uh, priority access to the match ball after a game, our subscriber-only podcast, The Extra Ball, daily email with all the essential leads and news, discounts on our merchandise, have a look at TSB Plus at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. Today's a very exciting day. Are you excited? I'm not allowing myself to be. Should Mos- I? Moscow, are you excited? Not really, no. Oh, that's this a shame. Is, this isn't very Jim White, is it? It's meant to be... Sh- it is uh, transfer deadline day. It's and exciting. Hasn't, he, hasn't even Jim White quit it? May well have done as he hung up the yellow tie. I'm so excited about everything. Yeah, we don't we don't really do it like that in Leeds, do we? We tend to have a slow disappointment, is, is what we tend to associate the deadline day with. But it's going to be all right, this one. Maybe. Dan James to Leeds happened, probably, by the time this goes out. We are recording at lunchtime on deadline day. 12.41 to timestamp it. It's yet to be announced, but it will be announced, won't it? Because nothing could possibly go wrong with an 11th hour collapse of a transfer of Dan James to Leeds United. Assuming it doesn't, how do you feel about it? Because we spoke about this. Assuming it doesn't. Oh, doesn't collapse. Yes. Right. Uh, assuming it doesn't collapse, Moscow. How do you feel about it? Are you are you pleased? Because we spoke about it at the end of the match ball, our match ball show after Burnley, and we sort of uh, chuckled along thinking, <laughs> that'll never happen. Moscow, you dismissed it as a panic buy. Uh, Michael, I didn't dismiss, I dismissed any transfer as a panic buy at this stage. Fair point. So it's not just Dan James. Michael, presumably because it involves £25 million changing hands, you're absolutely distraught. There was a little bit of me yesterday when, when £30 million started being mentioned, and I did get a little bit... Oh, no. Just, just hold me. Someone. It sounds like it's 25 million and then add-ons could take it to 30 million. So you don't need to worry about that because he'll never be any good. Oh, thank God. I mean, ho- hopefully he'll be he'll really bomb and then we don't have to pay that money. So that'll be good. It'd be like Mirko Antonucci all over again because he was scoring too many goals, wasn't he? And we were going to have to pay him a bonus. Yeah, we <laughs> took him out of the team so we didn't give him a goal bonus. <laughs> How do you feel about it then? I've managed to talk myself into it in the past 24 hours because I've had to. <laughs> and I've decided maybe it's fine. The underlying thing is that Bielsa obviously loves him and has done for a very long time and nothing he has seen 
of him at Man United, where I described him as being um, obviously their worst player. <laughs> I'm slightly regretting now. Um, <laughs> other than Ronaldo, obviously, who, who has since signed for them. A, tr- a tremendous human. A tremendous human is one way of... Uh, he's been described, not necessarily by everyone who has met him, but that's what um, that's what someone has said, his manager. So, And also, I've been looking at other transfer fees, and I've realised that it's not actually that far out of kilter, because it feels a bit... I think it's because we nearly got him for like five million quid a couple of years ago, and he's gone to Man United and not been brilliant. But he's been fine there, hasn't he? It makes me feel like we should just be allowed him for five million quid, but I realise that's not how the world works. Moscow, tell me about a twenty-five million pound transfer fee. How do you feel about that? Good value, bad value, or going right? It's almost irrelevant now. I know kind of Rodrigo's getting a lot of heat for thirty million, and the the values definitely play a part in how we feel about the players. But it's difficult to sign players for less, isn't it? Who you're going to get, Lewis O'Brien? I think that's one of the disconnects is why couldn't we spend 8 million on Lewis O'Brien if we can spend 25 million on Dan James but it's all about setting the value you as a buying club put upon a player isn't it so we we said we it sounded like we were willing to pay Huddersfield 4 million but not 8 in the same way that I've seen we're willing to pay scum 25 million for Dan James but not 50 million you know there's always that thing you just pay the extra and get it done it's maybe all right in one sense, but you're not going to double the, the fee on this. But there's also you factor in who you're signing from, because if you're trying to sign from a Champions League club, then they're not going to be interested in a low value. Why would they sell a player for less? And then there's also one of the things that gives me some um, confidence in the purchase is the other clubs who were in for him, Leicester in particular. I think Leicester are a team who seem able to spot a good player and get a decent transfer, um, get decent value for the transfers that they bring in. So if they were after him, then can't be that bad, can he? And you look at look at other domestic transfers this this window as well. Like Aaron Ramsdale, thirty million quid. Ben White, fifty million quid. Um, even like Buendia going from the Championship, admittedly has played in the Premier League, but you know the Championship to Villa for like thirty five, forty million, whatever that was. It isn't particularly out of kilter with that. It's just we're not used to spending. 25 million quid on people still and I guess we there's the Rafinha factor there as well because we got Rafinha for 17 there's a bit of a, an instinct to go well why don't we just buy another one of them for 17 because he's good but players like Rafinha don't come on the market every five minutes and if Dan James offers something different and Bielsa wants it then maybe it's a good move there's a balance as well and I, this was a point somebody made it on the, the feedback for the match ball about the money that we spent on Rodrigo and that's been a waste of money because he hasn't been able to get in the team ahead of Bamford and he's not performed as we'd maybe like at number 10. But we only spent £7 million on Pat Bamford and if we were to sell him tomorrow, what would the fee be? You know, there was a whole thing about maybe he'll go to Spurs and replace Harry Kane and what what are we holding out for on Pat Bamford if Daniel James is 25? Is Bamford now a £50 million striker? If strikers are moving for £100 million, then... We can expect multiples of the seven million that we paid for Pat Bamford, and then it kind of balances out that perhaps we did overpay for Rodrigo, and he hasn't been up to it. But it's not like we've had him up front scoring no goals and doing absolutely nothing. We've had a good player, so it, the total is thirty-seven million. Same with um, Helder Costa to an extent. Helder Costa feel like we overpaid for him fifteen million. Wolves had our trousers off for that money, but Jackie Harrison after three years of 
fine performances, we then eventually pay 11 million. So two wingers balances out 11 plus 15, 26 million quid. That's all right. And then that's one Dan James. So those kind of balances work. And so the fact that Rafinha was so cheap maybe means we can spend a bit more on his alternative because those cheap deals don't come along very often. And we have actually historically done really well. Luke Ayling, half a million, whether he's having a good start to the season or not, go and get a Premier League right back of his quality for, it wasn't even half a million. It's 200 grand, I think. For 200,000 pounds. So there's, there's kind of, there's room in the budget for all those things to, um, to work before we get to that point where, you know, the dream is actually to have every position on the pitch have two players who are all worth 25 million pound minimum that's when you know that we've got a you know we're winning the champions league at that point so it's just a matter of whether another winger and whether this winger coming from that club after all the history is gonna work out because um it's a hell of a story to go from the whole nearly about to sign thing it being in the documentary and then since then his father passed away and then he goes to Scum and he's played a decent number of Premier League games and then moves to, to Leeds. It's like, there's a big story arc there that is kind of quite Hollywood in some ways. But then if it ends up, you know, he just plays for our under-23s and then we sell him <laughs> for a million, then nobody's going to be happy. So it needs to have that kind of that, that closing uh, happy ending, I guess. And if it doesn't, well, to get to that point is is extra pressure on what are quite small shoulders. And we go back only eight years to the signing of Luke Murphy. So in living memory, in very recent history, one million pounds, we all went, ooh, that's fancy. And here we are, you know, in 2021, dropping 25 million on him. And I think it is the going right. Do you think it's done away with the notion that Leeds United are skint and can't afford it? And um, we've gone from Radrazani's a potless chancer to to Radsdale? (laughs) I think maybe it just shows how determined Bielsa is to get certain players because I'm sure this summer Victor Alter has been showing him list after list to be like we could get him for this and he's just going no this this no 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 and then he's like oh. show him show him tell him we can get Dan James and he's like I knew you were he, I knew you were keeping that from me yes I still want Dan James yeah I think he's <laughs> I, I have shared concerns with that Bosco does I think about it needs to work for this money and it I feel like if he has but don't they all don't all big transfers have to work for the money yeah, I suppose we're not hard for the money. We're not used to such big transfers, hard for though. It, honey. <laughs> I mean, he will be, you know, amongst the most expensive players to ever sign for the club. So there is a huge amount of pressure on that. And he is also one of the most expensive players that Scum have ever sold. Uh, he's not far off what they sold Beckham for a long time ago. So there's no way we can say that we're getting him cheap. And I think what I was saying before, I think it's a sensible way to go is to is to put the value on each player and say that's what you'll pay for a player. So if Lewis O'Brien is only worth £4 million to Leeds, and there's the factors in as well what I was saying about, you know, to get scum's attention to buy a player from them, you need to wave a big cheque, whereas Huddersfield, I was almost joking about it when he first came up and said we shouldn't pay £10 million for anything from Huddersfield. But it's true because it's a, it's a bottom of the championship team. You don't need to be paying big money to get a player from the bottom of the championship into the Premier League. It's, they are distressed sellers. Normally, it's the the pets that are, are distressed um, around the John Smith Stadium, but it's um, but it is still a lot of money, and I'm not sure how I felt about um, Philip Hay tweeted saying that the 
the club feel that compared to Willock and Wendia and those kind of deals, they feel like this is much better value. Um, they were saying a, a while ago, kind of Angus Kinnear was using Joe Willock as the, the example of we don't want to be paying that money for players after they've developed. We want to get them at the Lewis Bates stage, at the Joffe Gelhart stage, at the Amani Miller stage when they're a million and build them up to the point where we're the ones selling them for 25 million or they're in our team and they're brilliant. And that seems to be we're doing the opposite with Dan James. We're, we tried to get him at 5 million and now we are going for him at the Joe Willock price. I think he's a better player than Willock. Who, uh, two years will of... go to St James's Park and fail like everything does <laughs> yeah, yeah. there. It won't work. But... but it's two years of Premier League experience he's got under his belt, and he started, you know, pretty much most of their games this season. One of which was against us. So I, he's further... and he was terrible. Yeah, but he's further forward in his development, is what I mean. And if that's the going, didn't rate, look it. Well, it looked worse. <laughs> Part of me does worry about this is that we become a bit obsessed with him and are buying him because we can now. And in the same way, it's like when you have you ever as a grown up bought something that you wanted as a kid. And then realised you wanted that at the time because you were a child and an idiot. You've like bought yourself a slush puppy machine or something. And then you've been like, I don't have fucking slush puppies, do I? I'm a grown up. What have I got this for? It's like, and I remember I did want this. Like, what? I've, I've got hungry hippos. I'm not, I'm never going to play this. I wonder if it's, I wonder if there's a bit of that about it, which is my concern. But then I also don't think Bielsa is an idiot. So maybe those concerns are, 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 are misplaced. And he is still young. He is. He's older than Tyler Roberts. So nobody can give me anything about Tyler Roberts' development ever again. If we're willing to wait until Daniel James is 35 to uh, to grow up, then you can give Tyro a break. Uh, but you look at the fee in isolation and compare it to other players that are knocking about in the market. I mean, it looks like Traore is going to leave Wolves at some point in the next 12 months. If it's not this window, then at some point. But they're comfortably talking 40, 50 million has been reported today. So getting him at... Uh, you know, a fraction of, of that cost seems like good value, no? I think a, a per kilo comparison with Dan James is probably fair because <laughs> he is he is literally twice the man. Um, maybe, maybe that's the plan. We just get him on the roids. Everyone's celebrating at the minute. Are you celebrating the arrival of Dan James? Sort of. What about you, Moscow? Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Bowled over by it. You know what he's going to have to do, don't you? Now he's signed for us. Score loads of goals and be dead good. Does that apologise for his... Um, Goals he scored for scum. All of those things. But I mean, I'm thinking more from a logistical point of view. Buy a house. Correct. How did you guess? Do you know what this is going to lead into? No idea. Surprise me. (laughs) Shall I tell you? It's Levi Solicitors. Uh, We're celebrating another year with uh, Levi Solicitors. They're on board for the podcast for this season. And they're offering an extra 5% off their conveyancing fees until the end of September. So that means a 15% discount on conveyancing transactions on instructions received between now and the 30th of September 2021. Of course, you can get your 10% discount on all other legal services. Full details of that at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is he a good player then, Moscow? Because you suggested there that Leicester, in chasing him, had identified a good player. So is he a good player? Well, he didn't look good in the Euros when I was um, watching the Wales games, hoping... Tyler would be coming on instead I have to suffer him um, throwing a tantrum when he got subbed off kicking water bottles about like he'd done something so no and then the first game of the season he was almost laughably bad so all the evidence I've seen says no but a lot of scum fans seem to be sorry to see him leaving I don't know if they're all putting on a big act and then the interest in him it wasn't just Leicester, but it seems like Southampton and Everton, but Leicester are the ones I kind of trust on this, seem to think he's good. And then Bielsa seems to see everything in him that he wants from a player. The things that do work in his favour, he does seem to be a nice lad, works hard. Solskjaer has been describing him as reliable, says every time he puts him in the team, he'll always give him a good performance. I don't know what it was about the game against Leeds that he thought was good but there's that seems to be his kind of um, baseline it, it's the uh, we were talking about it in terms of what Southgate said about Calvin Phillips which he the idea that he stole from Howard Wilkinson uh, low maintenance high performance and it seems like he's got that about him where he's not going to be causing any anybody any trouble and then when he plays he'll be good and that's the archetypal Bielsa player in many ways, isn't it? Stick them in there and you know exactly what you're going to get from them. They're going to follow instructions. That's the other side of this. And I'm I'm excited about this because he's dead fast, he's direct. He can beat a man. The number of times when I've cried out for our players to just knock it past somebody and go, like you see, Harrison tends to get bundled up in really tight areas and he's brilliant in them, but rarely does he like properly power past somebody on the outside because it's not really his game. And the same with Rafinha, does it with tricks and skills. Whereas Dan James, in the transition on the break, knock it past the man, off you go. And it just opens a different avenue of attack for us. You need a certain type of game for him, don't you? Like the Burnley game on the weekend, if we were bringing him on to try and get us the winner, I think he'd be fairly useless at a game like that because he's not got the... 
I mean, he, he may have this in his locker, but it's not something I've seen. He doesn't seem to have the kind of trickery of someone like Rafinha, and in that in he won't be able to unlock a defence in quite the same way as like Pablo Hernandez used to do coming off the bench. But in a game where we where we're we're counter attacking and we're held in a bit like Man City or something, and you can stick him on the halfway line to run forward in that sort of game, I can see the use of him. So it'll be interesting to see if he starts and if he or if he comes off the bench when he comes off the bench because he's got. I suppose a bit like Wolves sometimes use Triore. He feels like they bring him on as a bit of a a bit of a wild card in the same way as special we, teams almost. Yeah, in the same way as you used to bring on Chuck on Matt Smith because it was like, well, it's something different, and people are going to have to change the way they defend against him because he's massive. Everything you've just said though has a big Held Costa shaped shadow over it, even going back to Wolves because that was always said about how um, he didn't really make an impact for us in the Championship. And he said, well, when we get into the the Premier League and teams attack us more. There'll be space on the break behind the fullbacks and he'll have acres of room to go sprinting off into the distance into. Um, and that never really transpired because I think teams realised that, well, we have these wingers. You don't want to be giving Jackie Harrison or Rafinha or even Helder Costa on a good day room to run in behind. So how often we are going to have fullbacks on halfway letting us go, maybe Liverpool because of how they play with their fullbacks so far forward. But it's... um. But yeah, you've just made him sound like it. Like we've paid ten million more for a, a different version of Helder Costa. <laughs> He's a lot faster than Helder Costa. Oh well, you know that's good then. It does make a difference though, because he. Let's get Usain Bolt because he was a good player when he linked up with uh, Ross McCormack. <laughs> he is, but he is, which did happen. Costa has never looked don't, that fast. Don't think I'm making that up. Usain Bolt, Ross McCormack. <laughs> it, it happened. It, it did happen, but I think you are trying to compare apples with pears there, just a tiny bit, Moscow, because this is a, a kid who's who's you know. All play, right, played in a, at a high level in Europe. He's slow, but but I agree with you, Michael. I think the pace is not to be underestimated. I mean, how? I mean, he's he's one well, of those. That's all he's got. But he's one of those players who will run past players and get you off your seat. There's no two ways about it. He's an exciting prospect. Going fuck it, out, James. Where's the cross? <laughs> and I think defensively he can help as well because we can probably now just leave him on the halfway line and let him chase whatever goes over the top because we know we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. If that so we paid £25 for basically a really quick dog that can <laughs> Do, catch a frisbee. Moscow, you're going to get backlash for this. Do you really mean this? No, or? not really. I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like until he plays. So it's all, all the fun of football, isn't it? We Diving sign little a scum rat. <laughs> and, and see what happens when he, he actually plays because we don't even know is he going to play right wing, left wing, Where's he fitting? What's the plan now? Because our first choice wingers, Jackie Harrison and Rafinha, tell me which one you're dropping, Marcelo. Well, it does give well, it gives us options, doesn't it? And it's a problem. It's a nice problem to have, I think, is the football uh, cliche that we have to employ with this one. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing how we get on this. There is a nice redemption story as well, because he does seem like a nice lad who's been corrupted by going over there. It never suited him. He should have come here in the first place. And there's just, I don't know, it just feels like a nice way to, to bookend the saga, doesn't it? Because for God's sake, it's gone on for long enough. It does mean on the plus side, we don't have to hear about it again, because it has been a, an ongoing thing. He basically signed for Scum in one window, and I think by the next window, we were being linked with him again, weren't we? On yes. loan or Even though he's always done quite well there. He's never been terrible. You were saying he was terrible. I can say what I want. It's only football. It doesn't matter. He's never been terrible there. And yet, from almost the moment he turned up, he's been low moves away or transfers away. So it's, he's been in a really odd position at that club. I think there is the thing at Man United that there was possibly a bit of, like, we deserve better than this about it. Rather than thinking... Van der Bank. Rather than thinking... Oh, we Van der Bank. Just get Sancho. 
just go and buy someone from a, an elite European club rather yeah. than bringing us this this cheap option from Swansea. Yeah, they signed players from Swansea so their fans start breaking into an empty stadium. So they signed Sancho and Ronaldo and now they don't really need the kids from Swansea anymore. So it's, it's why it's better for us. And on the um, where he'll play thing and the, the overall kind of attacking options this gives us, it does feel like we've maybe now got the forward part of the team as busy as the the back because we can have Bamford and Rodrigo for nine, Rodrigo and Roberts maybe click for ten, and then Rafinha can move in to ten potentially. We're even talking about maybe Jackie Harrison can move inside, and then Harrison and Hamez on one side, Rafinha and Hamez on the other with Somerville flitting around. Suddenly, there's a few more options in there. Just by it does feel the extra winger thing feels that way because Helder Costa is technically around but not really doing anything but he does seem like he gives us more of an option more options that we can use Rafinha in a different way we can use Rodrigo in a different way if Rafinha is playing at at 10 then what do we maybe Bamford goes out of form gets injured suddenly Rodrigo is necessary as a nine and suddenly that whole group of players that we're picking from looks stronger with this tiny little Welshman has it, well, that's, that, is, it. that is the question. Do you think it's improved? I think it's improved because, I mean, I know social media, Twitter brings out the worst in everybody, particularly when it comes to football-related angst and hysteria. But I am also a believer in like the wisdom of crowds as well. And when so many people are going, oh, when you see Helder Costa coming off the bench because you don't believe he's going to come on and change the game, maybe we don't see things that Marcelo Bielsa sees. But even still, you don't look at that as a substitution and think, oh, that's going to transform the game is it? it's going to be just be a slight difference with a player who's slightly fresher whereas I look at Daniel James and I think he could easily if it's coming off the bench just cause havoc in defences for opposition teams yeah I mean we, we were talking on the match ball about how the substitutes bench appears again to be just children after there was a brief spell of it looking stronger but with the injuries we've had recently it was back to Adam Forshaw who has been injured forever and then some kids and that was that's essentially your options off the bench. And it is nice to have a little bit more of a guarantee there. As much as I'd love to see Somerville and see what he can do, he might also be absolutely awful. It's a very different level to the under-23s. So he gives us a, a more of a, more of a sure bet, doesn't he, from the bench. So and You can look at that in two ways. That's the thing about the transfer window, is that all, every angle that everybody has been arguing from their particular point of view in the transfer window, pretty much everybody's right. You know, do we need a new centre midfielder? Yes. Um, but should we spend, you know, over the money on a, a player that we want or not? No. So the the, bo- the two things are true. So it ends up just being a, a permanent argument. And one of the, the arguments against Daniel James is that is now Somerville even further down the pecking order and everybody wants to see Somerville in the team. But then the other side of that is maybe it buys Somerville some time because Somerville is 18, I think. So he's still got his Daniel James... 29 years old if he's a day still being seen as a, an attractive youth prospect trying to improve he's 24 isn't he so um, but I've kind of made this point about Tyler Roberts before about his age and development and if people are still looking at Dan James as a player who can um, who is young enough to improve a player who is six years younger than him has even more time to improve so before we we're expecting Jimmy Somerville to be the game changing solution to all our attacking wing problems we can have Daniel James there for a while until he lets us down massively and we all realize that he's he's poor 
<laughs> and by that point, Somerville will be ready to step in and we can all start having a go at him instead. Well, I've just checked the dates of birth and uh, Somerville turns 20 at the back end of... It's older than I thought. Oh, Practically over the hill. October this year. Then and why then, isn't he better? Then Dan James's uh, birthday, he'll be 24 uh, a couple of weeks after that in uh, November. But so. it's it moves us a little bit. Um, I mean, four years is a long time in football. It is, and it it gives it means Somerville's season is is about cementing the the place behind them in the squad, I guess. And then next summer when we sell Rafinha, then he can step into the um the the, the breach. You're being mischievous now, but well, oh. I'm being mischievous, but also you know the, hub, it's the not club, unlikely, have, the club have kind of declared that as the model as well, haven't they? With saying we'll follow the Leicester thing. It wouldn't be surprising if the plan is next summer we do sell Rafinha for eighty million and Melier for sixty million, and then their replacements are already at the club. And that's it. And then you're replacing. <laughs> we've we've gone very far <laughs> ahead, but we're replacing. We're delighted with Dan Jones. <laughs> uh, we're replacing Rafinha with a what will then be a twenty-five year old rather than Helder Costa, who is old and kind of decrepit. So it's building in some younger age players for the squad going forward, which. If you look at our strikers, Rodrigo and Bamford are both. I think Bamford's turning 28 and Rodrigo's already 30, isn't he? So some younger players isn't necessarily a, a bad thing. And yeah, what hit me about Leicester's interest fitting in with what they do and what we've spoken about us doing is the expectation or the imagination that profit is possible where Daniel James is concerned. It could be that we're keeping Rafinha and we're selling Daniel James for 50 million. <laughs> but then it's not. That's been um, Leicester's whole thing, is they sign players at a price, and then a few years down the line, they go to Manchester City for ridiculous money. And if you're talking about a, a storyline for Daniel James, send him to Manchester City in a couple of years. <laughs> that would be an interesting manoeuvre. But they don't sign players who they don't think will either hold their value or increase their value. Leeds are trying to get into that. Um, way of working as well so hopefully fingers crossed I guess the biggest hope for Dan James is that he's <laughs> we can sell him <laughs> that he's still worth 25 million in a couple of years yeah. but that would be you know that would be an indication that he had done very well for us and uh, I mean he can't be that bad can he shall we record now um, kind of the, an alternative version of this where the transfer falls through and we're all really relieved that he's not signed <laughs> I don't think there's any even if that medical shows out up that he's basically he's got Paul McGrath's knees they're signing him anyway. Just hush it up, forge the insurance, get him in. They can't do it. Do it twice. So, but overall, it feels like we've reached consensus. Where, on balance, good move. Let's. I'm not appalled by it. <laughs> Is that, I, Welcome to Leeds, Dan. <laughs> Sorry. The Square Ball Podcast. 